What it means that Esav was called a man of the field in the work. Zohar says, it is written here, a skillful hunter, a man of the field. And it is written there about Nimrod, he was a mighty hunter before the Lord. As there, it means that he was hunting the minds of people and misleading them to rebel, to rebel against the Creator. So here, a man of the field means to rob people and to kill them. Esav said that he was in the field to pray, like Isaac, as it is written, and Isaac went out to stroll in the field, and hunting, and he deceived Isaac. We should understand what are the two things said about Esav, meaning what is the difference between a skillful hunter and a man of the field in the work. We should also understand why the Zohar says a man of the field, since his lot is not an inhabited place, but in a desolate place, in the desert, in the field. And this is why he is called a man of the field. But Noah too was called a man of the earth, as it is written, and Noah, man of the earth, began. Also, it is written about Isaac himself. And Isaac, Yitzchak, went out to stroll in the field. And it is also written that Yitzchak said about Jacob what is written, and he said, See, the scent of my son is as the scent of the field that the Lord has blessed. Thus, from where is it implied that with Esav, a man of the field means robbing people and killing them? We should interpret this in the work. It is written, which God has created to do. That is, the Creator created the world with the aim to do good to His creations. For this purpose, He created something new called a desire to receive delight and pleasure. As we learned, in order to enjoy the delight and pleasure that He wants to give, the pleasure is according to the need and the yearning for the thing. Since the yearning determines the measure of the pleasure that one can derive from the matter. 
Therefore, first emerged this will to receive existence from absence. This is called which God has created. To do is the correction of creation, since by this there is a difference between the bestower and the receiver. Therefore, there is the matter of the bread of shame, namely, shame. This is why we can have an aim to bestow, meaning not to receive, despite the great yearning to receive the delight and pleasure, still, in order not to feel shame, work was given to the created beings. It is called work because it is against the nature with which the Creator created creation. Since the matter of the purpose of creation to do good to his creations means that anything that can be said that a person receives, meaning that he has a desire to receive, comes from the Creator, who created this nature. Conversely, not receiving the delight and pleasure that the Creator wants to give, this we attribute to the creatures. For this reason, this correction, not to receive the delight and pleasure unless we have the aim to bestow, is called doing. And the creatures must do this, although it is against nature. To rebel against the Creator. We should understand the difference between a skillful hunter and a man of the field. According to what we learn, there is a difference between the mind and the heart. The mind, Barasalam explains, refers to faith above reason. The heart means the desire in the heart, which works only for its own sake. That is, for its own sake means that a person is willing to do any work in the world as long as he sees that the reward he will receive in return for his effort is worthwhile. It follows that when it says a skillful hunter or a man of the field, they are two things which in the work are called mind 
ובדרך העבודה יש לפעמים וצריך לתקן אותו ובכדי שתהיה לו האפשרות היינו שתהיה בחירה meaning that a person will observe Torah and mitzvot, commandments, or good deeds, in order to bestow, and not for his own sake, a tzimtzum, restriction, and concealment were made, where man must begin in the work, must begin the work in the form of faith above reason. Since within reason, The concealment has been placed. This is when the work on the choice begins. Meaning that a person must accept the burden of the kingdom of heaven, which is a burden, as in, as an ox to the burden. In other words, although the body does not agree to do anything, unless it sees what is done with its work, since this is the nature which God has created to do, that man must see what he is doing, meaning what is done with his work, He must see who enjoys the work he's doing. Therefore, when a person engages in Torah and mitzvot, he wants to see who received his work. Since a concealment and hiding were made, For the purpose of correction, a person does not see or feel who receives his work, and he must believe above reason that the Creator receives his work. But the body does not want to believe. For this reason, we were given this work as an ox to the burden. In other words, as the ox works by coercion and must obey with its, what its owner wants, man must not ask the body if it wants to take upon itself the burden of Torah and mitzvot. Rather, he must force it and believe in the sages that such is the path of truth. Also, there is a discernment of and as a donkey to the load, meaning it is the quality of the heart. In other words, A person must work not in order to receive reward. Therefore, when the body is told to work without any reward, this work is a load to it. And the body wants to take off this load. 
which man wants it to suffer. In other words, the body understands that it can carry a load even for a doubtful reward for this work. But if it is told, work and carry loads without any reward, it wants to get rid of this work every moment. Then it was said as a donkey to the load. That is, a person must walk in this direction even though the body disagrees. Yet, the primary basis is faith in the sages. As it is written, there is a tale about a foreigner who came to Shammai and said, How many laws do you have? He replied, Two. The written law, written Torah, and the oral law, oral Torah. He told him, I believe you about the written Torah, and I do not believe you about the oral Torah, oral law. Convert me so as to teach me the written Torah. He rebuked him, Shammai, and dejected him with a rebuke. He, the convert, came to Hillel, convert me. On the first day, he, Hillel, said to him, Aleph, Bet, Gimel, Dalet. The following day, he reversed, the, he reversed them to him, the letters, such as Tav, Shin, Resh, Kuf, from end to beginning. He, the foreigner, said to him, But yesterday, you did not say, did you not say them to me thus? He said to him, Do you not trust me? So trust me with the oral too. Rashi interprets, Do you not trust me? As you trusted me, trusted me with the oral too. From this we see that Hillel told him, without faith in the sages, there is nothing. However, faith is an argument of the intellect. That is, a person says, if I did not have to believe above reason, but everything would be within reason, I would progress without any breaks. But Bala Sulam said that in truth, the will to receive, that a person wants to work only for his own sake, like a beast, is the reason why he cannot believe. This means that when a person claims that it is difficult for him to walk above reason, it stems from self-love, which is the beast in man. 
This is all that interferes. For this reason, two forces are required, the mind and the heart. As it is written, as an ox to the burden and as a donkey to the load. However, um, hence, if we correct the field, meaning Malchut, who is called will to receive for oneself, whether in the mind or in the heart, it is called the field that the Lord has blessed, which was said about Jacob. And likewise, it is written about Yitzchak, and Yitzchak went out to stroll in the field, which is the correction of Marchut. But Esav, who is called a man of the field, in the action, it seems as though he is going to correct the field. But in the intention, which is called in order to bestow, which is the whole correction of Malchut, there is room for one to deceive oneself. Since this is something that is given to the heart, and it is not apparent from the outside that it is possible to monitor. This is not so with actions which are revealed outwards. A person can check whether or not he is deceiving himself. This is why the Zohar interprets and Esav said that he was in the field in order to pray, like Isaac. As it is written, and Yitzchak went out to stroll in the field and hunting. And he deceived Yitzchak. This means that he went into the field in order to pray, meaning he entered the field in order to correct it, like Yitzchak, but hunting, meaning that he hunted like Nimrod, who misled people's minds to rebel against the Creator. By this, Esav misled himself as well. And from this extends the robbing too, as it says, to rob people. This is, as our sages said about Adam Arishon, they said that he was a thief in that he ate from the tree of knowledge, meaning took it out from the singular authority, meaning the authority of the Creator. In other words, everything must be for the sake of the Creator. And by eating from the tree of knowledge, he fell into his own authority.
meaning wanting to, wanted to receive everything for his own sake. It is likewise with Esav, who entered the field, meaning to correct Malchut. Externally, it did not show that he was not working in order to bestow. Externally, Esav said, as it is written, that he entered in order to pray, like Isaac, meaning to correct the field which is Malchut. Yet, he deceived himself, meaning that the intention that should have been for the singular authority, for the sake of the Creator, was in order to rob people. That is, as Adam Arishon stole and was a thief, so did Esav do everything for his own sake. This is called robbing people. Therefore, the person who begins to do the holy work, meaning to turn everything into Kedusha, holiness, must be careful with the externality so he does not deceive himself while performing the actions, which is work not for her sake. He must tell his body I am engaging in Torah and mitzvot lo and by this I want to come to aim lishma for her sake. He believes in the words of our sages who said one should always engage in Torah and mitzvot lo and from Lo Lishma, I want to come to Lishma. He believes with faith in the sages, who said the light in it reforms him, and he will be rewarded with it. What does it mean to be a hunter, a man of the field, and to pray in the field? What's the difference between them? If I am in the field and I discover myself to be still in order to receive in my intention, so I'll do, I do all sorts of actions that help me replace the intention to, in order to bestow. This is basically the whole thing. So, so we have to hunt in the field and do that in order to bestow, meaning connect with the others in order to bestow. What does it mean to go out to the field? 
To go out to the field means to look for correction over man's nature. When one is looking for how can he be similar, closer to the Creator. This is a correction in our common desire. Yes, the field is the malchut that a person connects to in order to bestow. He receives strength from there and corrects himself in order to bestow. Let's say I connected the friends in the ten. What does it mean that I add corrections to this connection? You too add to your friends' desires in your group, in your ten. You add your inclination or tendency to to be Is there a matter of correcting the intention to bestow? Um, but what does it mean to correct the desire? So it is in order to bestow. No, there, there's nothing to correct about the desire. Maybe he writes it that way, but the desire can't be changed. The desire is a desire, and that's it. What we can change is only the intention. Our desires, that is, our actions, we don't need to change. Therefore, that's why our entire work is invisible. It's only the intention. Yes. Good morning. He's talking about shame, that a person comes to a state of shame and able to receive and then he gives him the work so as to overcome the shame. Can you explain more deeply the process? Because the will to receive is natural. So why should a person be ashamed to receive if it's natural? The will to receive is natural on the degrees of still vegetative and animate. On the speaking level, the will to receive is accompanied by a sense of I, more than others, different from others. And here, the sense of shame helps the person that he has to work on his ego, on his will to receive, so that he won't be ashamed of any tendency or incident that he goes through. Is this shame inherent in the will to receive? Yes, 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 of course. The shame resides inside the will to receive. So... Just as I want to enjoy, shame afterwards awakens. Yes. But how does that make us labor? It, it necessitates you to labor. And the shame. 
Yes, of course. A lot of people do what they, whatever they do because shame necessitates them. So the whole trick here is not to be ashamed, but just go all out into this thing with faith above reason? Yes. Look at all the people sitting here. Why, why will they not just scatter across the big city and take charity, let's say. And, you know, one who receives charity throughout the day, let's say, earns the same amount they do. But some people do uh, ask for charity and they lost the shame. Yeah, it's not that they lost the shame. They have some justifications. That's not, it's not not that simple. He explains in the article about two states of labor, as an ox to the burden and as a donkey to the load. What is the difference between them? Because it says that a donkey to the load is, is the heart and the ox is the mind. What's the difference between them? It's the difference between mind and heart. Why is the donkey the heart and the ox the mind? The ox is closer to to the landlord. And the donkey is closer to the doing. That's how they they differentiate this thing in the direction of the landlord or the direction of the work. And we have to work on both. The states of coercion in the current state, we, we will always use coercion or is it only on the first stages of the path? Until the, the end of the road. Until the end of the path, we have to work by coercion. But there are states when the Creator is revealed, so then we don't need coercion. Of course, yes, of course. But still, it remains until the end of the path. Only at the end, you finish it. In the first stages, we understand it's more by coercion, and the more we advance, it decreases. On the one hand, it goes down. On the other hand, it becomes revealed. And in our current stages, from where do we get the strength to force to go with coercion against the will to receive? To the extent that we talk about it and wish to achieve that out of shame towards the friends and towards ourselves, that I can't allow myself to once again go back to the same state as before. How do we relate to this feeling? Because this coercion that we force on the will to receive, there's a feeling of weakness. Yes. We are weak, you feel weak. That you don't have the strength to overcome or that you kind of half overcome. 
Imagine in front of you an enemy and overcome it. So it's only with the help of society alone a person cannot overcome it. Okay, yeah, they're right. He writes, a person must begin to work with faith about reason because within reason there was a concealment. And then the work begins with choice, meaning a person has to accept the burden of the kingdom of heaven which means as an ox to the burden and as a donkey to the load. Meaning although the body disagrees with doing it, if it doesn't see what is done with its work, because it's the nature that the Creator created to do, that a person must see what he does, meaning what is done with his work. He needs to see who enjoys the work he is doing. So, to continue, Shai, I can understand forcing the body to do, forcing the will. There is a society, you want to be respected by the society, you don't want to be embarrassed. So I can do all kinds of things that society decides I have to do, even if it's to bestow upon others, which I don't want to. But how can I force the intention? How can we force the heart? Same calculation. How? You now simply told us that you can overcome your desire and fulfill another desire, correct? Yes. In order to do what? In order to be respected, important in the eyes of society. To get something, right? Okay, so what's next? How can you shift this to the degree of relation relating to the Creator? That's the question. The Creator will very much enjoy you beginning to relate to the friends with love. That will be the best gift for him. No, I know. I want to. How do I really begin to love them? Because when there's no overseer, the society oversees me. The society, too, can give that to you, yeah. In the heart, there is no overseer. It can go in a thousand directions and thoughts and desires. That depends on how you aim your heart. If you open your heart towards the society a bit more, and you imagine to yourself that what exists in your heart is seen by the friends, then you ask of the Creator to help you aim your heart closer towards the friends. What's the right approach to faith in the sages? You have to believe what they wrote, that it will be as a law for us. And checking whether I believe or not, 
If I agree or not? Yes. What do I do with disagreements? Ask the Creator to give you strength to understand how much you are not with them and that you will have Man's heart is a desire, right? Yes. And, and the intention, is it also in man's heart? Yes. What's the function of the mind? I mean, mind and heart. The mind, it's more about weighing things, sorting things out. Correcting the desire it is to ask to correct the heart. Yes. And the role of the mind is to go above reason, if I understand correctly? Yes. So who do I work with? Which do I work with? You work with both. You can't completely separate the mind and the heart. You rather want to work more with your mind because here you can hold yourself and be in some sort of judgment. But with the intention, it's a problem. In the intention, you can very quickly escape and not exactly hold on to the intention. And in between them, who manages whom? Or maybe it's not like that. Do they work together or what? One depends on the other, but it's not mandatory. We get bit by bit, get closer. To to give an answer that a person is not going to use is not good. כן. I wonder at the researchers of godliness whose entire research is a disgrace to us for they exert to bring evidence to what is known and does not require evidence and repel and slight what is concealed because of the denial of the corporeal boundaries. The truth is that the first perception does not need any philosophical proof since it is the first concept wherever one turns. 
It is similar to asking a person who wrote this wondrous book of wisdom. And he answered that indeed there is no such a sage in the world, but it just happened that his little boy spilled ink on those parchments which then spread in the form of letters creating these combinations and connections of wondrous words of wisdom. Indeed, all concealments are from his guidance over the creatures, and their denial is also among the corporeal boundaries. But about this they keep utterly silent, for indeed... It can only be kept in the ways of Torah and mitzvot, and not by any scrutiny in the world. You should also know that the confirmation of reality must extend from the sensation of providence. And this is called complete awareness, which brings with it his love and his pleasant abundance. It is not so with that which extends through the dry intellectual scrutiny. This knowledge neither adds nor subtracts. This is the meaning of what our sages said, that there is he who is present and he who is absent. It follows that all the souls of Israel were present in Mount Sinai because from that event extend all the souls of Israel throughout the generations. It is, as we said, that it concerns the bodily soul which is being, which is being, and its deficiency is with it. And extending its vitality depends on determining the deficiency. For were the seeing not positive, the intellectual soul would not have been deficient any longer. Thus, it would not be able to eat to satiation and would therefore be cancelled altogether. But it is a wonder that the rule about seeing is that the desire promptly accompanies it without any forcing and promptly gives nourishment to establish this desire. As it is written, that your days may be multiplied, which is the keeping of the Torah and its statutes. In this way, the law about seeing is evident as though they have received it from Sinai today. And each day it is as new to them. For on that depends the law regarding seeing. But when they break any law in the Torah, they promptly remain in the dark, as blind people who have never seen light. Okay, yes, Shaul, what?
What is the rule of seeing? What did you understand? What I understood is he's making fun of the researchers who think you can prove these things with their intellect and there's some, they claim that there's no such thing as stuff that is imperceptible in, unperceivable and that only in this way you come to seeing. Well, then what are you asking me? So what is this rule of seeing and that only keeping the laws, the statutes of the Torah by acquiring the qualities in order to bestow, you reach it. This is the keeping of the Torah and statutes? Yes. And what does it mean that every each day it is as new to them? Of course, it's always that way. It's renewed all the time. If a person, a person is in order to bestow, then his Torah is renewed. He's innovated. What does it mean that the preservation of reality has to come from providence? That it all comes from the providence, from the connection with the Creator. And that this connection cannot come from the intellect. It cannot come from intellect. Yes, of course. It has nothing to do with the intellect. It only has to do with the measure of connection of a soul of a person and the upper light. Okay. Why does the Creator keep so many paths in reality that seemingly lead to him. No, it is written that there are many ways to the place. It's correct. But actually, to advance on the path, there's but one formula. So, how come humanity is so confused? That's because they don't belong whatsoever to that law of connection with the Creator. That's the question. Why, why does the Creator sustain so many methods and ideologies that seemingly lead to Him? To him? I'm not talking about people who don't look for Him. Yes. But in truth, they're a lie. But even with the methods that are the most distant from the truth and religions that are most truly opposite from the truth, they need to exist in order to scrutinize the truth. How, how, how does it contribute to that? It contributes by that by them you see the mistakes and truly the things that bring us to the dead ends. Where do you see such mistakes? So we see these methods uh, exist for thousands of years. No, this needs to be clarified before we come to the revelation of the truth. The time has yet to come, but soon you will see how they will all shatter, and what will remain is only one one rule, one law. 
how specifically the scrutiny of seemingly a method that brings one to connection with the Creator, how that is, when that is revealed as false, it brings a person to revealing the Creator truthfully. As opposed to just regular beastly life without searching for the upper force. Why is it better to keep so many, to observe so many methods over so many years only to reveal in the end the falsehood of those methods? And that would bring us better to the truth. In order to prepare all of humanity, each and every person somewhat, so that later they will connect and gather into one kli that will be ready to receive the revelation of the Creator. So we need all those states. What's the benefit of, uh, of specifically searching for the Creator falsely versus just beastly life without any search? No, no, there's a big difference. If he just lives like that, he's just an animal. But if he's searching, even if it's in the wrong way, he nevertheless is searching. So what brings one closer? Searching for the Creator falsely or, or just beastly life? Searching in a false way. Because he's working with the deficiency and this lack, of course, comes from the one lack of all the lacks. And he, re- he comes there. He just doesn't come there precisely to what he needs. So he does a reverse and he comes back again and rises again. And, and that's how it is several times like that. That's called incarnations. Yes. On the other hand, they write that all the destruction and corruption is only because they are engaging in the Torah Lolishma. Why does this sustain them? He sustains them in order to find the truth. You cannot reach something, something real, without something true without coming to all kinds of such um, dead ends in the study and of the truth. We don't understand the extent in which to which all these things all need to be revealed in us and that this stems from the end of an action in the initial intent. And we will see this. Yes. You gave us all kinds of examples, like this, uh, the Sufi guy that you visited that, that had some contact with, with the upper quality. So what is it? Is it partial attainment, or he did engage in the Torah without knowing that he's engaging in the Torah? What, what's... You know, they see, understand... Uh, 
feel that that's how the world is built. They have no more desire for godliness, let's say, like we do. And they observe their Torah. So the Creator gave him small illumination because he also needs to be there. It's not like a free choice. The Creator is in each and every one and illuminates to them. Try to understand. So the difference between us and them is that in the efforts and the choice and the ten, we work in annulment in order to actively attain it. Yes. Specifically, actively. I don't know how to ask it, but I know about me and my friends. We were searching, searching throughout our lives, and one day the Creator clicks it and Balsalam lands uh, on, on you. And when you try to disseminate and to talk to people, you see people who are asking and are, uh, are interested and it's difficult in life and they're frustrated, but it's like they're, they're not right to take it. You put it before them, it seems like they have nothing left, but no, apparently not. The lack is not there yet. There's no deficiency for it whatsoever, or not a complete deficiency. It's like this frustration and dissemination that appears. It appears as if it doesn't matter how precise you try to aim them to the to the to yes, goal. yes. There's no. I talked about this with Rabash for many hours. Truly, he says there's nothing you can do about it. It will all come in in its due time. So I said to him, I, I was uh, like in my 30, I was 30 when I came to you. Now I'm uh, 40, 50, 60, 70. Soon I'll be 80, let's say. What will be? We continue. It's written a complete recognition that a person attains the love of the Creator to him. And he completely opens the Creator up upon himself and is filled by that. What does that depend on? I think that only the desire of the heart, although it's dependent on other times and other smaller conditions, but actually it's all in a person. No. You there? How, how do we come out of our intellect? How do we come out of our mind? The more we learn and try to receive thoughts of Bala Sulam and Rabash, that's how we come out of our mind and enter their mind. 
even somewhat, a little. You can't just leave your mind, your your intellect. You can't uh, bring to yourself some electrodes, put into your brain and somehow do a short there and what are you going to do? How do you come out of your out of your brain, out of your mind. The intellect, the mind, is it like the stony heart? No, the mind is the mind. It's a machine. Continue regularly. Yes. Uh, they say that it seems like Baal Sulam answers all the questions that the friends had, all of us. The, the frustration that we want to, you know, he says that the expansion, extending the vitality depends on determining the deficiency. For were the seeing not positive, if people could easily see the Creator, the intellectual soul would not have been deficient any longer. Thus, it would not be able to eat to satiation and would therefore be cancelled altogether. So everything the Creator does with us is to, is to frustrate us. Yes. To open our mind a little and our heart a little, to feel that form that he created to begin with. It can happen only from the frustration. But how do we work with it in dissemination? On the one hand, you understand this is how it should be. On the other hand, we need to be more sophisticated. and to present this to each and every person in a manner that they can acquire it. But as a principle, the Creator will not let people be fulfilled. That's how I understand it. So how to disseminate if you can't give them something that people will find taste in? It'll come. It will come. They will want it. Times will change, and they will want, and they will run after your wisdom. You'll see. And until then, then, we're preparing ourselves to come to identify with the Creator and to be filled with this wisdom in order to present it to others. What our sages said that there is He who is present and He who is absent. It follows that all the souls of Israel were present in Mount Sinai because from that event extend all the souls of Israel throughout the generations. It is, as we said, that it concerns the bodily soul, which is being, and its deficiencies with it. What mean that all the souls uh, were at Mount Sinai? There was the soul that was in a state called Mount Sinai, and then it was divided, and shattered into many pieces. And from all these pieces, these souls that yearn to reveal the Creator. Well, 
רב, אז על מה אני מתפלל? Otherwise, you will never have a connection. So the friend's externality is important, meaning sitting together, working together, this incorporation in the workshops to feel the friend's deficiency. Yes. And what do I do with this deficiency? Ask the creator. I ask for fulfillment. Not for you. But for your friend. Meaning, not that I will see some improvement or something in my vessels of reception, but that he will receive a feeling even if I don't know about it. Is that the correct form? The correct direction? Yes. It says that the advantage of a man over the beast is that there is an organ that can gather within it spiritual beings. What is this organ? That can gather into it. I think that this is an additional part of the will to receive that can be connected with all the still vegetative animal and speaking of all of reality. Do we have that or is it something that we need to... It's there. It's there. It never... Is not there to begin with? Ken. Yes. Извиняюсь по русски. А различие духовного творения, образа поведения заключается в том, что творение ограничено мысленной картиной. Вот что это за мысленная картина, которую невозможно изменить, и почему ее невозможно When the created being, when he, he knows, he's clear about all of nature and its ordinances and his gaze leads to it, he will say that he knows the creator face to face. I want to know what are the, the statutes of nature and its corporeal ordinances that he has to cleave to. And the degrees of still vegetative and animal operate the laws of nature. And we need to not run away from them, but to actually be connected to them as well. 
כאילו אני לא רוצה להתבלבל בו כי כאילו. I don't want to be confused here because from the text it seems like. זאת אומרת. אם הוא בקיא בכל חוקות הטבע ומשתמש. אני מבין את זה אחרת. We must be adhered to the laws of nature as much as we are in them. And when we intend ourselves towards the connection with the Creator, we truly expect for additional laws of connection to be revealed also between us and also with the still vegetative and animal. in a complete manner. And then we will be able to receive everything through the entire form of complete connection turned to the Creator with that. And to bring this to Him as a, a summation of our efforts. So, what should we be diligent about? Let's say in that same uh, place that the Creator illuminates to His created beings, for me to be able to, cor- to connect with His created beings and with Him and to be as a connector, as a conduit, a transition between them and Him. But dissemination, despite the suffering, the externals feel they don't want to acquire the wisdom. What should we tell them? Look, no one wants to study just like that. It's very hard work. You can see this in all of humanity. No person runs to study because he loves the wisdom. There are only individuals that just uh, uh, look at, if you look at the whole general thing, there's nothing more difficult than to activate the brain, the mind. It's very difficult work. It demands a lot of calories, persistence, effort. It's truly That's why we, we do it through the ten. We do it through exercises. And we study together. And in such a way, we advance. Alone, a person will find it very difficult, besides the fact that he doesn't have the possibility of doing the... Uh, exercises on the ground.